0: Join us and our amazing, surprising missing witches coven at Patreon.com/slash Missing Witches.
1: You aren't being a proper woman, therefore you must be a witch.
0: Be a witch. Be a witch. Be a witch. Be a witch. Be a witch, be a witch.
1: You must be a witch.
0: Welcome missing witches coven to season seven of the missing witches podcast Teresa can you believe it seven seasons
1: I can't believe it at all but I love the number seven it feels so witchy to me I'm here for it I don't believe it looking back it feels like we've been doing this for 10,000 years and like six months
0: yes I do remember after we finished season one we were like well We're making a season two, whether you people are going to listen to it or not, because we just like, we're so inspired by the process and, you know, the fact that people were actually listening to it was great. And yeah. obviously, we're super thankful that you who are listening are inviting us into your brain space.
1: Yeah, but we would definitely be doing this whether you were here or not. <laughs> Nothing personal. <laughs> but getting to spend time with these people's stories is a dream come true. It's such. It's something I, I I was doing when I was working a 60-hour-a-week job. I was staying up late to do it. It was something I was doing when I was learning how to be a new mom, i it's something that I can only imagine fueling me forever now, although there were times I wanted to quit because I just felt broken by both those other things. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so we also have always said and we're committed to playing with our format, um, our podcast, our rules. We fucking love just being able to be inspired. We are 100% listener supported and we know our listeners because we hang with them in our coven every new moon. Um, So we feel pretty well supported in being able to take the creative risks and play that are fundamental to our practice. Um, So with that in mind, yeah, we're going to change it up a little bit again this season.
0: Yeah, last season we ended with the uh, Tichuba episode and maybe um, those of you who are here with us a year ago, um, remember that, that um, there was like a scripted piece and then Risa and I... uh, jumped into a room together just to sort of talk about like our feelings about Tituba and that story and we had such a great time doing that that we thought we'd extend that practice to uh season seven lucky seven
1: yeah so that's what we're going to do today and uh for the rest of these coming weeks that, that will define this season And thanks for being here with us along for the ride.
0: Thank you. So, without further ado, let's hear about WITCH.
1: Witches fucking shit up.
0: (laughs) Warning This episode of the Missing Witches podcast contains extremely triggering language. Such is the nature of feminist witch history. Listener grounding is advised. In 2016, a man who has been accused of rape, sexual assault, and sexual harassment, including non-consensual kissing or groping, by at least 25 women since the 1970s, was elected president of the United States. A man who had campaigned with a promise to nominate a judge who would help overturn Roe v. Wade. A man who called powerful women nasty, and bragged about grabbing beautiful women by the pussy without asking was elected president of the United States. Feminists worldwide were frightened and angry, worried that this human incarnation of sexism and greed, powerful and corrupt, would become the role model for acceptable behavior, or worse, a dystopian prototype for the path to success in the 21st century. Women's marches were organized all over North America and spread globally. Shops ran out of pink yarn as witch crafters used their domestic powers of hook and needle to whip up pussy hats by the thousands. Me? I had an idea. I had flour, water, newspaper, and an idea. I set about creating my vision, a piñata, A dick-and-balls-shaped piñata, a phallic symbol of hegemonic toxic masculinity, painted pink, and filled it with candy. I went to the Manif with my piñata and my father's boxing gloves and shouted, Don't be afraid! When you smash the patriarchy, candy falls out! I invited fellow protesters to don the boxing gloves and punch our symbol of toxic masculinity. They gleefully punched the patriarchy until its guts spilled out onto the ground, and then we ate the candy. A student from the local university was documenting the march and stopped me for a quick interview. They asked, Why a penis pinata? <laughs> I didn't know. My mind raced through a personal feminist history. Being nine and arguing with a classmate that the Beastie Boys song, Girls to do the dishes, girls to clean up my room, wasn't funny. Thirty-something years of being dismissed and harassed, undermined and undervalued, deemed humorless. Marches, protests, petitions, letter-writing campaigns and fundraising, all fueled by the fear sorrow, and rage of gendered injustice. They asked me, why a penis piñata? I told them, I'm just so tired of being angry. I just wanted to have some fun. Without knowing it, I'd become part of the legacy of W.I.T.C.H. which, Women's International Terrorist Conspiracy from Hell a group that sprung up from the Women's Liberation Movement in 1968 New York, on Halloween, to hex sexism, capitalism, and racism. Heather Booth says that the actions WITCH favored are still very present in the form of flash mobs and modern-day performance protests, she told Vice. I'm not saying any of these people think about WITCH as they do this. But it's the same tradition of hit-and-run visibility that's funny, serious, engaging, memorable, and has an impact on a broader audience, and has an impact on people who are involved in it. Because one of the main things is that the women's movement changed us. We changed from traditional roles, from being in the background, not being so visible, not taking risks, not challenging traditional conventions, to taking action, taking risks, and standing up for what we believed in. Heather was a member of the Students for a Democratic Society, or SDS, in the late 60s, a group of left-leaning university students organizing for civil rights and against the Vietnam War. She said, To be an organizer, you have to love people and hate injustice. We'll come back to Heather Booth because she has done amazing things, but first I want to underscore that the Women's International Terrorist Conspiracy from Hell was a collective. Its costumed anonymity meant that no one star served as frontman. Its geographical spread made it wild and free, impossible to control. Co-founder of WITCH predecessor, the Chicago Women's Liberation Union, Vivian Rothstein said, To feel like you can have the power in a group to do something that needs to be done that you could never do on your own, I think it's what I was looking for my whole life. WITCH was a child of New York radical women, and as I learned about the founding of this collective, Rage began to bubble in my guts. The toil and trouble of Elizabethan theatre witches echoes into the late 60s and reverberates in our 21st century. Even amongst the progressive left-wing, women in the SDS found that they weren't being allowed any leadership opportunities. Marilyn Webb spoke to other women and discovered, as she put it, Aha! It's not just me being insecure. So at an anti-war demonstration to protest the election of Richard Nixon, Marilyn joined in with other women to declare their part in the movement. She got up on the stage, and the crowd of new left men went crazy. Before she was even able to speak, they started whistling, catcalling, booing. And according to Ellen Willis and Marilyn herself, screaming things like, take her off the stage and fuck her. And fuck her down a dark alley. I hate even repeating it. I hate that you are hearing those words now. I hate that even in a space founded on building a better, more democratic world, Marilyn raised her voice only to be shouted down with threats of rape. And so many of us are afraid to use our voices because the reaction we might face feels even scarier than the oppression we're protesting. So let's add Alice Wolfson, who said, we were angry. Maybe the anger is what carried us through and made us fearless. So let us vow here, in the Missing Witch's Coven, to make a tool of our rage, to not allow it to paralyze us or steal our hope, but rather to use the alchemy of witchcraft to turn rage to fuel and make us fearless. Marilyn said, I didn't expect movement men to behave like that, and I was shocked. We weren't respected. Fran Beale said, we're talking about liberation and freedom. And all of a sudden, men are going to turn around and start talking about putting you in your place. That was the contradiction in terms that we were no longer prepared to put up with. More women's liberation groups began to form. Circles gave women a space for their stories, and en masse, they experienced Marilyn's, Aha! It's not just me being insecure. Women with master's degrees and PhDs in history realized that they had graduated knowing nothing about women. Women's literature, women's art, women's stories. Heather Booth said, We thought if we could dress up like witches and then give a hex. We wanted to challenge the white man's canon at the University of Chicago. And so part of the hex went... Knowledge is power through which you control our mind, our spirit, our bodies, our soul. Hex. Heather hisses the last word. Hex. In her 1970 book, Today's Witches, Susie Smith wrote about WITCH. The New York Times Magazine for June 1st, 1969, in an article by Andrew M. Greenley, a Roman Catholic priest who is program director at the National Opinion Research Center of the University of Chicago, and a lecturer in sociology at the university, Father Greenley said that during a recent unpleasantness between the University of Chicago and its Students for a Democratic Society, quote, The normal decorous quiet of the social science building was rent one fine afternoon by ear-piercing sounds. Secretaries, research assistants, and even a few faculty members dashed to their office doors to try to learn if someone was being murdered. What they discovered instead was three young women, dressed in shabby and tattered garments and those pointed witch hats, standing in front of the Sociology Department office, shrieking, Fie on thee, Morris Janowitz! A hex on thy strategy! Members of WITCH had come to put a curse on the Sociology Department. So far, Greenlee said, nothing seems to have happened to Professor Janowitz or the Sociology Department, but if it does, there's going to be an awful lot of frightened people along the midway. He offered to sprinkle holy water on the departmental office, saying, While social science seems ready for witchcraft, it is not yet ready for exorcism. Father Greenlee says that WITCH is only one manifestation, though a spectacular one, of a revival of interest in the occult on the country's college campuses. The witches elaborate a quasi-scholary explanation of how they continue a Neolithic religion that worshipped the great Earth Mother Goddess until it was replaced by Christianity. W-I-T-C-H, he says, is a combination of the put-on and the serious, the deliberately comic and the profoundly agonized, of the bizarre and the holy. I kind of love Father Greenlee, (laughs) whether he meant it as a compliment or an insult and we being witches are at liberty to interpret and define things for ourselves a combination of the put on and the serious the deliberately comic and the profoundly agonized of the bizarre and the holy rings very true for me in my attempts at defining the craft at finding my place in the revolution Stories, songs, poetry, dancing, theater, and papier-mâché are tools of both resistance and re-enchantment. We need both. Fighting against, and fighting toward. One poster for a campus WITCH meeting, a black silhouette of a witch flying on broomstick across an orange background with a white crescent moon red. Witches and gypsies were the first guerrilla resistance fighters. A witch lives and laughs in every woman. She is the free part of each of us. Maybe that's part of what differentiates the witch from other forms of revolutionary. That recognition of the alchemical power of laughter. The bizarre and the holy. Our beloved papier-mâché made an appearance when WITCH hexed Wall Street on Halloween in 1968. The costumed coven danced their way from the New York Stock Exchange, where they demanded audience with the boss of Wall Street himself, Satan, to Chase Bank, where they encircled the building, delivering an elaborate curse on the Dow Jones. A parade, led by a high priestess bearing a papier-mâché pig's head on a golden platter garnished with greenery plucked from poison money trees, made its way at dusk to the East Village, to men's-only clubs, beauty parlors, and strip joints, leaving a trail of WITCH stickers and feminist rage as they went. This event is generally considered to be the founding of WITCH, but a month earlier, on October 1st, 1968, Nancy Kershaw, Robin Morgan, Roz Payne, and Sharon Krebs appeared protesting, at the House Un-American Activities Committee hearing investigating the clashes at the 1968 Democratic Convention, and delivered a speech as WITCH, which, Women's International Terrorist Conspiracy from Hell. With lines like, In the sacred name of all our sister witches, the original guerrillas and resistance fighters through the ages, we cast our vengeful magic on who wacky judges who dare conduct a witch hunt without real witches. They have created subpoenas envy. Dead men sit on this committee. We have not finished. We have just begun. We are the power. In Drawing Down the Moon, Margot Adler wrote, Feminist witches have stated that witchcraft is not incompatible with politics, and further, that the craft is a religion historically conceived in rebellion, and can therefore be true to its nature only when it continues its ancient fight against oppression. Linking feminist politics with spirituality, and in particular with witchcraft, is not a new idea. The connection, which may be very ancient, was noticed in 1968 by the founders of WITCH, a group of women who engaged in political and surrealist protest actions. In its first manifesto, WITCH stated that the link between women, witchcraft, and politics is very old. WITCH is an all-woman-everything. It's theatre, revolution, magic, terror, joy, garlic flowers, spells... It's an awareness that witches and gypsies were the original guerrilla and resistance fighters against oppression, particularly the oppression of women, down through the ages. Witches have always been women who dared to be groovy, courageous, aggressive, intelligent, nonconformist, explorative, curious, independent, sexually liberated, revolutionary. This possibly explains why 9 million of them have been burned. Witches were the first friendly heads and dealers, the first birth control practitioners and abortionists, the first alchemists. Turn dross into gold and you devalue the whole idea of money. They bowed to no man, being the living remnants of the oldest culture of all, one in which men and women were equal sharers in a truly cooperative society before the death-dealing sexual, economic, and spiritual repression of the imperialist phallic society took over and began to destroy nature and human society. Quite a manifesto. Throughout the late 60s and early 70s, W.I.T.C.H., brought their brand of theatrical protest to bridal fairs and inauguration events they invaded the miss america pageant unfurling a massive banner at the moment of coronation emblazoned with the words women's liberation and though these actions may seem trite through a contemporary lens alex kate shulman reminds us that the miss america pageant action drew attention media coverage. And most importantly, many Americans across the country saw the phrase women's liberation for the very first time. It's impossible to know how many people saw those two words together and thought, aha, it's not just me being insecure. Aha. Cultural change begins with individual change. Aha's. Ideas that become collectives. WITCH was created by real people, people whose choices we may or may not agree with. Roz Payne moved to a commune in Vermont. Robin Morgan edited the foundational anthology Sisterhood is Powerful, but more recently embraced turfdom. Nancy Kershaw joined the Weather Underground, a group who sometimes used explosives to make statements. Mayim Bialik played her in the 2011 film The Chicago Eight. Heather Booth founded the Jane Collective, securing abortion access for people in need. We all have our own definition of radical. We can agree on some things and disagree on others. That's what being an individual means. But WITCH was, is, hundreds, thousands of anonymous witches who love people and hate injustice. At times, welcoming immigrants and their children here. Other times, women incensed at telephone company harassment. Women indentured to corporate hell. Women inspired to commit herstory. Women intent on toppling consumer holidays, witches invoking transformative channels of healing. Women inspired to tear down constructs of hate. And the legacy continues. WITCH groups continue to form and disband, the 2016 inauguration of America's 45th president saw a huge spike in representation, protesters shrouded in black cloth draped from pointy hats. A Portland chapter, W-I-T-C-H-P-D-X, officially formed in November 2016 in response to oppression, and injustice, an election, fear, sadness. This is their manifesto. For centuries, the dominant culture has persecuted anyone who dares to be different. The gentle healers, the midwives, the queers, the loners, the wise elders, the pagans, the foreigners, the wild women. Dissent is threatening to the status quo, especially when it's shrouded in unfamiliar customs and the mysterious sacred feminine. Those who seek to oppress and suppress us have always called us witches to silence us. Now... We step out of the shadows, embracing this word and all it stands for. A witch is a fearsome creature, inspiring terror and awe, channeling a primal, visceral energy in the name of peace, progress, justice, and harmony. A witch is a conduit for transformation. A witch taps into the power within, and harnesses the power without, in service of a better world. A single witch is a dangerous outlier, a coven is a force to be reckoned with. An international circle of witches is unstoppable. Together, we are WITCHPDX, which is International Troublemaker Conspiracy from Hell, Portland. Reviving the spirit and intentions of the 1960s organization of the same name, we aim to use our power to fight injustice in all its intersectional forms and help dismantle the white supremacist patriarchal system that perpetrates it. The new generation of WITCH conjures our collective rage, joy, grief, strength, determination, and ferocity into a force for change. We will not conform... We will not obey. We will not be silent. Another WITCH group met in Brooklyn to cast a curse on the Supreme Court's new judge, Brent Kavanaugh. In 2018, WITCH Houston, as witches interrupting Ted Cruz's hate, performed a binding spell on Ted Cruz at midnight of the autumn equinox. In what appears to be an underground parking garage, four witches gather, veiled in black. In keeping with the viral, open source nature of WITCH, the Houston chapter posted their ritual in a Google Doc for other witches to reenact or be inspired by. Here's a little excerpt Now begins the time of reaping. The goddess is bearing, this time, not a basket of flowers, but a sickle and scythe. Now begins the time of reaping. Every beginning has an ending. Every ending is a new beginning. Now begins the time of reaping. We come here, to this time, and this place, to ensure that the just and unjust alike shall harvest what they've sown, we come here to bind Raphael Edward Cruz. Now begins the time of reaping. This past summer pop singer Devin Cole put out WITCH, singing a chorus of woman in total control of herself. Lori Bruno's backronym is Wisdom, Integrity, Truth, Courage, Honor. One of our coven mates, Hope, wrote W. Wondrous weavers of life, love, and energy. I, insatiable in their need for knowledge. T, tantalizing to one's desires and spirit. C, captivating the interest of many. H, hallowed by their sheer existence. C, -C W-I-T-C-H is an idea. A collective idea. Whether you are a witch or a W-I-T-C-H, the drive is the same. Collective, creative, dissident, bold, brave, political, personal, spiritual, the original guerrillas and resistance fighters through the ages. Wherever we gather to love people and hate injustice, we bring the specter of pointy black hats, healing and hexing, public and private actions, the raising of consciousness with us. We are mutable, translatable, redefinable, but also permanent and timeless, natural and supernatural, awake, aware, and challenging the status quo of a mythical norm. Our work and our lives and our words mean what we decide they mean. The free part of each of us, the bizarre and the holy. We will not conform. We will not obey. We will not be silent. Now begins the time of reaping. We have not finished. We have just begun. We are the power. We are witch." And we're back with Risa. Hi, Risa. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for a fucking wicked episode. I'm so excited to talk about it. I
1: love yeah. these women so much.
0: Yeah, and, and I also love like how we can. I mean, I probably saw people enacting that like black hat protest, you know, black and white signs, um, without knowing that it was like the legacy of WITCH because I didn't know about them I didn't know that they existed until maybe like when we started doing the podcast something like that you know when the research really gets gets deep instead of you know um superficial is the wrong word but you know when we really were getting into researching things and and Um, so I learned about WITCH and then you know it's one of those things where you just like you see it everywhere and you're like I know this I know this and especially because um, those of you listeners who have been with us since the beginning might remember this story that um, I had made this mixtape and it was sort of like the idea was that the the witch was a, a like the ultimate symbol of intersectional feminism like the witch appears in every culture and you know and I made this mixtape and I sent it to Risa. And then maybe a few days later, Risa was like, I have this idea for this podcast. And I was like, oh, like the mixtape. And Risa was like, huh? Like she hadn't even seen the email. <laughs> so it's just this moment of like everything t- coming together in this like weird fantastical way that makes perfect sense while also feeling like supernatural. So on to another gathering of witches, I saved this piece from uh, Robin Morgan's Going Too Far because I specifically wanted you, Risa, to react to it. So I'm going to read it real quick. We in WITCH always meant to do the real research, to read the anthropological, religious, and mythographic studies on the subject, but we never got around to it. We were too busy doing actions. We also meant to have more consciousness-raising meetings, but we were too busy doing actions. We meant to write some papers of theory and analysis, but we were too busy doing actions. Except that, not having raised our own consciousness very far out of our combat boots, we didn't know what we were doing or why. I love this. I love this idea. And it really resonated with me for for our project. Like when we started, we didn't know what we were doing or why. we did it anyway (laughs) so i think you know as robin morgan says that has its pros and cons right Yeah.
1: yeah i i love that too it's a kind of a loving way to approach it because you have to feel so much respect for prioritizing doing actions um and the urgency of that um and there's still the urgency that we face you know like we need we need our action we need our direct action so profoundly um but i also like that kind of gentle gentle reminder about the about those two other pieces right and that's really well put it's like it's our internal consciousness raising and i would say community building even if it's really really small like our internal conversations one by one that help us understand why we're doing what we're doing and then the research you know and i think like for us the research ends up being these like um really specific spirals (laughs) really specific dives into usually one woman's life or one queer person's life um and so that means you know I, i research i think as a rule is always partially flawed is always partially partial you know like mm-hmm. we're subject to the narrowness of our own positionality in the network all we can see is sort of the the shoulders we stand on and what we've attempted to stretch out down along the network to try to see but we're always blinkered so just being as honest about that as we can you know where we sit in these confluences of unearned privilege and education and stuff and just that there's I love too that it's like you can prioritize doing action. Like in this world of sometimes gotcha-y um research, internet research, where it's like you use that word and you didn't even fucking know where it came from, and you're using this, you know, building on this culture, whatever. I think it's great to learn the words and to educate each other and do it in whatever fucking tone you want. I don't really care. But I think it's so rad to be like, we didn't know, but we knew we had to act. We didn't know everything, but we knew we had to act. Yeah. The the magic of all of that is super interesting, right? Going back to that witch perspective is like, you have access to a phenomenal power when you're talking about writing and researching, amplifying your voice and then amplifying it with created symbols, um, amplifying it with, Uh, protests, with gathering people together around symbols and symbolic action, like that's pretty phenomenal power. So, you know, just uh, thinking about where to channel that action, where to channel that magic.
0: And that's the thing, you know, I think so many people think like, oh, you know, uh, uh, we constantly go back to Lolly Moon, who said like, you know, it's about finding your place in the revolution. And I think so many people who are who are doing the research, who are doing the babysitting, who are doing those sort of background tasks are, are there thinking like, well, I should be on the front lines, I should be doing actions, I should be doing this. But then here we have this person who led a bunch of actions and then in hindsight was like maybe we should have been doing the research maybe we should have been sitting in smaller groups and doing these like conscious races, consciousness raising of of telling our own story in these small groups where everybody has a voice and and so on and so forth so I think it's really important to note that you know that there there are so many different roles in the revolution and all of us are constantly struggling with this notion of opportunity cost. I mean, we are human beings who live in the material world. And oftentimes when we make decisions, it, it's not just the choosing of one thing, but also the negating of all of those other possibilities, you know, the, the infinite possibilities that get negated when we make a decision. So we you can't, we can't, we can't sit here going, well, my role in the revolution isn't broad enough because we're all contending with opportunity cost, we all have to make decisions. And that means that we can't do everything, (laughs) despite what capitalism would would have us believe that we need to, you know, have it all and do it all and constantly be grinding in these people who, you know, work 80 hours a day and never sleep or somehow like lauded as heroes, but like not in our world not in our world (laughs) you know it's okay to like if you know what feels right to you and again maybe it's cooking for your neighbors and maybe it is like storming the bastille you know (laughs) like but all of all of these are important pieces and 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 those of you who are, are leaning into domesticity just know that robin morgan on the front line of action was like maybe we should have also done this
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something magic that happens just in being a safe space for people to bring their kids, being a safe space for conversations about sexuality, being, you know, in places in communities where you can't really talk about witchcraft to, you know, be that person who just talks about the moon or, you know, like there, there are these countless ways that we make cracks in the pavement of the built world that we, that we send our roots through it, that we don't destroy it, but we reclaim it like, like trees, you know, taking, taking on parts of things around us to make something better more yeah. healing i love the way the the w-i-t-c-h witches is right i love the like humor
0: mm-hmm. um, i
1: think that that like refusing to be made too serious is part of a witch's power
0: yes The bizarre and the holy (laughs) yeah yeah the the, the
1: put on and the and the serious yeah yeah.
0: I think having a sense of humor is is hella witchy because like the world is absurd and part of like being being a, a witch and like lifting that veil is to like be able to laugh at the absurdity of literally all things
1: (laughs) right that's like not buying into it all too much it is a put on all of this is both real worlding and a put on you know like (gasps) I think we feel that a lot where we live uh, maybe more so than I've felt it in other places in this sense that like if we left this house be for like five years, it would almost disappear. Like the woods want to eat this house so badly. <laughs> you know the woods are just any second now. They're they're gonna they're gonna take it over. We've you know we we like eke out a balance every year, um, but they they eat the garden, the you know the the tree roots you can't and why would you like keep a space from more trees in the the way the world is today but trying to give more and more and more of our land to trees and you really feel like this is a living presence that we're in communication with here and we are very small yes communication
0: you know I'll tell you my favorite thing about the woods um is that there's no bullshit there's no baloney in the woods the 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 woods doesn't want to eat your house because it's out to get you because it it, you know because you did something wrong it's just happening it's just all happening there's no pretense it's just all happening
1: yeah I think I mean there's definitely species that dissimulate so I, I like to highlight when when we say like what differentiates us i'm i'm constantly wondering if there is anything beside our own delusion about yeah. <laughs> how fucking different we are yeah. <laughs> you know and we'll get but, into that more this season too but
0: for sure with Don Haraway, yeah but Dawn i Haraway mean maybe...
1: and uh and carol yeah Oh right, of course, yeah. Creative lives of animals, can't right. wait. Can't wait
0: to talk <laughs> right. about it. But again, maybe the delusion is—is is again what separates.
1: <laughs> I'm right. using
0: scare quotes when I when I say separate again. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I I mean I I do want to touch onto this notion of like, um, because they all I'm talking about W I T C H here because they all dress the same. Mm in these pointy hats and you know homemade cloaks and so on that they both stood out and blended into each other you know again a a lot of you who are listening aren't in a safe place to like kick down grandma's door and yell that you're a witch and and we get that and that's fine but um this this is part of that amazing thing like cloaking in a group So again, you're like standing out, but you're also blending in. Um, It wouldn't have been safe for a lot of these women people. But specifically, this was like a very women-centered movement. Now we're in the 21st century and we're sort of moving past this like gender essentialist language. But their their language of gender essentialism was reactionary to the gender essentialism that they were facing. Again, I, I think it's so important. That we look at the real lives of these people who got into these women's liberation movements, who, you know, were told, like, you go to college so you can find a husband, you have a couple kids, and then that's it. That's your life. You have no choices. Um, Women in Canada, I believe, couldn't have credit cards in their own names until the 1970s. The 1970s, you know. Mm-hmm. So like Odisa and I are saying, like, we learn things and then we're like, oh, you know, in five years probably will be problematic too, because yeah. we're learning and we're we're growing and we're learning, and we're growing, we're learning, and we're growing. Um, but it, it I think it's so important once again to like to look at the real history of what these people were up against and to look at the tools that they used to fight it you know, now we're a little bit safer, maybe, um, to say I'm a witch, you know, you're you're not going to get burned in the town square, maybe you are, especially in many places in the world, but, you know, where we live, you're probably not going to get burned in the town square, but you might lose, you know, access to your family members, you might lose the respect of your community, um, so when we can sort of and and think of this however you like you know uh, literally or symbolically if we can put on our pointy hats and our black cloaks and sort of blend in together mm-hmm. as like a as like an amorphous blob of witches that is 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 a thing in and of itself I like to keep that in my consciousness you know mm-hmm. Risa, you talk all the time about hiding in plain sight and I think this is a great example of that like I'm here you can see me but you don't know what what's under the veil.
1: Yeah. I I I I love that so much too. I I love thinking about ways. I mean, you're certainly correct that there are still in the world and in North America a great many places where it's not safe to be different. Period. You know, and which which stands for the protection of that protection of all that's marginalized and and stand in community with that there are certainly certainly places and I mean with the kind of Christian fascism that's become popular, white supremacist Christian fascism that's become popular in the United States, it's certainly there are many places and in many families where you could not say that word um, and where your possibilities your your potential the world that you see in front of you as a woman are incredibly different and gendered um, from other people. So I do like to imagine like where are the spaces where you could allow yourself even a moment of putting on that powerful freedom, you know? Like, could you do it just for Halloween? Could you just be all black, all black everything <laughs> for Halloween, you know, could you could you like walk down the streets where the kids are walking with a tall pointy hat and a black cloak and a black veil and just feel the the transgressive power within the safety container of how of the commercialization of Samhain? Like is there a space where you could even if it's just at home in your room, like is there a space where you could put that on? I think we talk about that in the ritual or sow in in the book is like, call in, call in a, a future for yourself and what that looks like. Call in a, a version of yourself that gives you power and then sit with a mirror, play, up, see what you want to put on just for this one dark liminal time. What can you call in? What can you put on? And how does it allow you to carry a power with you when you are hiding in plain sight?
0: I am so excited about this notion. I mean, you know, like mirrors are are super magical. We call them portals and like scrying tools. But I hadn't really thought about this notion of using a mirror to not feel alone. Hmm. Like if you are alone in your witch costume, stand in front of a mirror and then you are no longer alone. You are with two witches and all you need is two to make a coven, I think.
1: Totally. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So I think about I think I got this from Veronica Varlow but I I do this sometimes standing in the mirror. I noticed that I often don't make direct eye contact with myself when I look at the mirror. I I'm looking at you know, does, you know, that I angle my head a certain way or I'm doing like lots of like sort of cutesy voguing gestures for those who can't <laughs> see me, but. Um, and, and I realized, you know, standing, lighting a candle, looking directly in my own eyes and then saying my full name, I am full name and then daughter of and kin to, and then call in whoever I feel kinship to. I feel way less alone. I call in the kin that I'm requiring to support me, which I got from our salute um, fighter. She's like, you know, some of our problematic ancestors, they make good on shit they fucked up earlier by coming through for us now. Yes.
0: Yes, we've talked to a couple people about this because, again, like maybe someday we will be those problematic ancestors. You know, we yeah, know better yeah, and yeah. we do better. But um, someone once told us that they they want, they want to make right that or that you can help them yeah to make right that instead of saying oh you know my problematic grandfather did this and that you can sit down with grandpa and say you know, I forgive you. You didn't know any better. So you, you know, that's what you, you were just trying to get by. Like we all are. Um, Maybe you made mistakes. Maybe you made bad choices. And and honestly, like recently I've been doing that for myself too. You Mm. know, Amy, like maybe you've made some mistakes and maybe you've made some bad choices, but like, I forgive you.
1: Mm. It's
0: been hugely powerful for me.
1: Hmm, I I feel that so much. And and I think that, you know, that other piece um, from Veronica Varlow's grandmother that I love from that traditional bohemian magic, and we've heard other witches talk about this in different ways before, but is that on the other side, on the spirit side, on the flip side of that, you know, Mobius strip that is time in, in, <laughs> in, in witch philosophy. And I think um contemporary physics um (laughs) all of time exists right so you're always you're always in community you're you can always be in communication with 16 year old you and 80 year old you like the most powerful ancestor you call out to is yourself because as the charge of the goddess goes I've been with thee from the beginning and I'm with thee now you know like truly there is that version of you that's in your genetic makeup that exists in the mobius strip of time and it's okay to be like four-year-old risa i need you 16 year old risa thank you for your fearlessness i forgive you for all the dumb shit you said
0: (laughs) yeah and i mean we can even do this like it helps me to um think of like doing things ahead of time as doing future me a favor you know oh I'll I'll make breakfast tonight and then it's ready for future me and so in that way like I I'm being my own ancestor I am this like spirit of self from the past that is like influencing how tomorrow is gonna go for me
1: oh one of my favorite little spells for, for future reset and you can do it this is a good time of year to do it is if you're putting away summer jackets if you're putting away a season season stuff you can put like a little five bucks little 20 bucks little <laughs>
0: note,
1: special rock stick it in your pockets for future future you it's such a treasure when you're going through them and you're pulling out your favorite summer jacket or whatever that you're like oh past reason I'm gonna buy myself an ice cream cone
0: whatever right how about we do things simply for the delight of our future selves oh let that be a spell
1: for this season for sure
0: yeah and I do again I want to underscore like there are a million different roles in the revolution and you know the one that resonates with you is the one that you should be focused on something that runs through my head a lot is a quote that is half gil scott heron and half risa dickens which is the revolution will not be televised but it will be babysat (laughs) i think about that a lot but before we go i want to i want to um Take this from wild witches don't get the blues. Again, like I got into a lot of like that sort of 70s women's liberation witch stuff. And again, some of the gender essentialism is is a bit off-putting for those of us who live in the contemporary world, but like we we understand why that why they were conceived and, and produced in this way. And it it was reactionary to the the gender essentialism that they had been facing. It's a it's a pride thing. But I do want to leave with this on the subject of naming Wild Witches Don't Get the Blues by Fiona Morgan. One of the most effective paths to breaking resistance is to name yourself a witch. In the early days of feminist witchcraft, it was suggested to repeat to yourself three times, I am a witch. By naming our reality, we create it. So again, whether you're a witch or a WITCH, you have a role in the revolution. It might not be on the front line, but that doesn't make it any less spectacular as far as we're concerned. It might not have the pomp and circumstance of you know, being at a protest march, but it's equally as important.
1: Cares to acting uh, for the sake of our future, delight and liberation for all beings.
0: And defining the word witch for ourselves.
1: Bless fucking me.
0: Blessed fucking be. Happy season seven. Welcome home. You must be a witch. Join us and our amazing, surprising Missing Witches Coven at patreon.com slash missingwitches.